I don't want to waste time talking. I mean, yeah. Now, have you ever performed in Winnipeg? Oh, yes. Yes. I've performed in Winnipeg a ton, um, back, but mostly back in the 90s when I was um, a solo artist. Yeah. And then, um, and then with Shay in the early 2000s. Okay, but so it's been a really long time since I've been I there. I know. I know because, well, then I, like when I was doing lots with our community, with Shaw, and I'm going, you look so familiar, but the name, it doesn't, because I've done um, so many of them, and Sarah, and all of the artists that you talked about, and I'm going, why yeah. haven't I had, but I, yeah, I guess I just, I, the timing wasn't right when I was uh, covering all of the arts and entertainment, but. Uh, I was yeah. also, you know, I spent a lot of my, my career in Asia and in the U.S., so I, oh, okay. you know, I was in Canada, but I would just sort of, like, hop into Canada. <laughs> Wow, you know what? It's terrible, right? You have to go away, become famous, and then you come back, and everybody. Yes. <laughs> the Atlantis effect, they yes. call it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're okay on our end? Yep, we're ready to go. Okay. Great. <clears throat> yeah. So we got about 30 seconds, Tara, before we. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Hello everyone, I'm Tracy Koga. Welcome to a new edition of Hugh Spotlight. And normally tonight I would have a live guest here in studio, but I am dedicating this whole show to a very special lady, Canadian artist, well known. And it's not only about the music tonight, but it's about her book, her life. And it's not too often that not only do you have a talented musician, but you've got an amazing author. And uh, putting words to music may sound easy, but actually spilling it out into a book is a whole other world. So I want to give a warm welcome to Tara McLean. Welcome to Hugh Spotlight, Tara. It's taken Thank a you. long or many years now for me to finally meet you, but uh, what, what an amazing journey and for you, this whole adventure. So we're going to do this show tonight in two parts. I want to talk about the book because normally with musicians it's talking about the music and everything that inspires you but this book Song of a Sparrow Song of the Sparrow is truly not only is it provoking but at times I thought my gosh is this a true story like is this real uh it's gritty it's loving it's very honest and there's so many different things that I want to talk about but for you Tara first to give you the stage point for writing a book at this time in your life well I was given the opportunity to write the book because I wrote an essay just kind of on a whim and I posted it on Facebook. And that essay was about being a woman in the music business and body image. And it just really hit a chord and it went viral and was published in some magazines and a literary agent, Carolyn Ford saw that. And she was the one who suggested that I write a book. And I thought, 
yeah, I'm right a memoir years old. I'll be I'll be 50 this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and I just thought, you know, I, I think I have a story to tell. And um, and we wrote a few chapters. She kind of helped me and then we shopped it to HarperCollins and they picked it up. Right. I had all of a sudden this amazing editor to work with and, you know, and I just thought, OK, I have this chance, so I, I have to follow it. Well, and it is so interesting because it is a memoir. It is about your life. And I've read memoirs or autobiographies of a lot of very famous artists. Yes, uh, Bruce Springsteen, just to name one. And it's a lot, too, about their lives and, and music. But for your story, though, give too much away. The way you started off as a, as a child and your family life and not having anything and music just being something that totally saved you. I want to talk mm -hmm. about when you write about that first time that you went on stage. I think you were six at a fair. Oh, yeah, yes. I think it was nine. Or nine, and, uh, okay. Yeah, nine. very little. And it, you know, it was such a special moment because, um, and, and I think it's a book because it shares the first moment that I really recognized that that there was a superpower there with music and that it could move people and touch people and make people cry, <laughs> which I love to do. And uh, yeah, it was Prince Edward Island in the you know late 70s, maybe 19, no, early 80s. And I was, yeah, I was just at a country fair and I got pulled up on stage and it was a really spectacular moment because I, I just kind of opened my heart and poured the song out and then looked around and saw the effect that it had. And so that's kind of when I knew that this was something that I had to do. And love. I think love is a huge theme throughout the whole book. And uh, when you finally get to the end and, and you make a comment about uh, love and pain and it's many different faces, do you think that, um, obviously what I want to ask you, have you now found love? Or I guess maybe the, the, the meaning of love as it pertains to you. Am I asking yeah, that? Yeah, I think I have. I mean, I found, I found that love is really the only thing that matters uh, at, at the end. It's the one thing that um, can get us through. And, and I recognize that there's a resonance to all the time uh, when we feel alone or scared. Um, and so, you know, there's just so many different meanings to the word love, you know, there's like that great love. Um, there's my love for myself that is just, you know, I've really worked on, especially since writing this book, I feel so light, <laughs> just like unburdening myself of, of all that information. And in terms of romantic love, you know, I, that's, you know, something I'm, I'm working on. <laughs> But, you know, I, uh, I know that uh, I'm ready for it when it happens, but it has to be extraordinary. Well, I know, and it's always a journey. And now relationships, mm -hmm. uh, family relationships. Your mom plays a big part in this book, a huge part. Uh, your many dads, I guess, too, as well. So, you know, of course, it's not a white picket fence, 2.5 kids, you know, boy, mm -hmm. girl, little dog, and... You know, everything's uh, roses. For you, it was a lot of hardship. What kind of things, after you've written this book, do you kind, or have you come to, and thinking about relationship as a mother to a daughter or to any child, 
and has your relationship changed with all of those family members that you write about in the book? You mean like since writing yes, the book? Since writing the book, her? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my relationship with my mom has deepened so much because looking with such a microscope um, and in, in, in an intimate way at my own childhood and, and also my mother's life and her childhood and then her grandmother's, I needed to create a thread through the lineage of time through our moms to understand the strength, you know, as, um, that would have caused certain behaviors. And I, I feel so close to my, my lineage and also to my children because I did before, but now they see me differently because of being able to see what I've been through and how I've handled things at us, their mom is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, and, and I, I want them to know that so that they know when they need strength, when they're having a hard time in their life, they can draw not only on me, but on great grandmother and their great, great grandmother. Well, and it's so interesting on how you actually had a lot to do with the fate or, or the way things began then to roll out as you then pursued a music career. And mm -hmm. my God, when you get into like when you're into the music and you feel all of that angst and you feel the pressure and the partying and a rock star and then a no star and people like you and people don't like you. I, obviously you're on a roller coaster. When you're writing that, uh, when you take a step back, you, do you not say like, wow, <laughs> like yeah. that was crazy? That's exactly what I say. <laughs> I look at it and I just think, I can't believe I had those opportunities, you know? I mean, they were just so incredible. And, you know, there were times I, I messed up. There were times when I thrived, times when I triumphed, times when I failed so badly <laughs> and I think it was just really fun to look at that and to see and to really see all of the people that were a part of supporting me and building me all of those I finally did say you know what I I got to get off this train I have to you know I'm gonna have some children and and build a family it was time for that um you know when I started coming back to music I found a lot of those people were still there and still supportive and still excited and about relationships it's all about connecting you know we've all been able to talk about what how bananas the music <laughs> business was in the late 90s and early 2000s before uh streaming um mm -hmm. oh and just and just how it's all changed so much and uh and just how lucky we are to still be doing it well and and yeah to to, to uh, follow up on that it's so beautiful when you write about those relationships with the with the recording artists and then also with the record people and the producer. I remember some of the names and you know what, when you said, oh yeah, he was a good person. No, he was a good person or she was a good person. So those are the great things. Um, I, I am just curious because part of the book that really, I guess not troubled me, but I didn't realize, I mean, anything, your backstory, but your relationship with your grandfather. Mm -hmm. a, a very, very dark place, but kudos to you or and your editors or whatever. I mean, it was, it was brilliant. I mean, you put the reader in the house, in the room, with, mm -hmm. without 
you know, without describing in detail. I, I guess, was, was that a part that you needed to write about? I definitely needed to write about that because, and you know, and it's not too much of a share that, that my grandfather was a, a very abusive man. Um, and he was also a war hero. And, you know, in the, in the town, he was very, you know, revered. And so he, you know, he really caused a lot of harm um, in our family. And he also experienced a lot of abuse himself and a lot of harm. And so I feel like it was important to, to think, okay, well, here's the person who has caused the most pain do that and what caused him the pain, you know, and to try and have compassion and understanding for the people who, you know, who do these monstrous things. And yet, you know, yet we all deserve redemption. And, you know, I was able to confront him and, um, and look at him from a distance. Uh, but I, he also, in a way, was my sparring partner in life. Like I had to fight him really hard uh, for our freedom and for our integrity and our and really, in a lot of ways, our lives. And, uh, and I did. And I became strong because of him. And I think it's also because of some of his strengths that mm -hmm. I have inside of me that I was able to confront him. But in the end, I was able to forgive him. And I, think, I don't think I would have been able to really illustrate um, how important that forgiveness was if I didn't really share the depths of the horrors that he put our family through. And, uh, you know, I... I would say that, yes, it was essential to write because in a way, um, Undersea uh, was, was sort of the pinnacle of the book, for sure. Oh, no, and, and those are all life lessons. And again, it, yeah, I mean, to open it up, make you open to the world about something so personal. Um, mm. it, it's very, yeah. very moving, yes. Yeah, I would shake sometimes while I was writing because it was so scary. Um, to revisit those moments, but I, I just felt like I have this one chance to write this, you know, this memoir. I'm going to put it all out there. I didn't know <laughs> if it would be in my second draft. I just thought, well, my first draft, I'll throw it all out there. And then, like you said, kudos to my editor because she talked me into keeping it. <laughs> Are you sure? No. Um, and then I guess, you know, kind of to end off this second part, though, our first part is um, talking about your love life, your relationships, and uh, yeah, you're a rock star, but then you're a normal person, or you're a person that has a lot of problems, and... Um, <laughs> so many problems. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so interesting, and um, they sound like, both, both your husbands sounded like they were, you know, there for you when you needed them, but also propelled you to your next journey. Yes, it's a thank you next situation. <laughs> no, they're wonderful, wonderful men and great fathers. And uh, I, I chose very well. Um, you know, my first husband, Bill, we, I like to call them my husband. <laughs> you know, Bill, uh, it, you know, taught me so much about music and was on the road with me for, you know, mm -hmm. almost seven years. And then Ted, you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I love that. Uh, Ted is, you know, a great father and taught me so much about, you know, just finding my, my inner peace. <laughs> I'm still very close to them and love them very much. Oh, uh, well, once again, it's a beautiful book and it's Thank available out and out now. But I'm going to let you now, Tara, talk about the song, the first song that you're going to perform for us. Sure. Okay. Well, um, while I was writing the book 
it, I felt like I should write something about the book. Like when I was really coming to that part about forgiveness that we were talking about, um, this song kind of came through and uh, kind of the thesis of the story.
Wow. Oh, that is so, so beautiful. And of course, now we're going to talk about the album because I guess if you're a musician, right, you got to have some music to go with it. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so did the process come after the book, during the book? Were these songs percolating somewhere in the recesses of your mind? Well, seven of the songs on the album are songs I wrote about. Uh, so I thought it would be great to have a one-stop shop where people could come and listen to the songs I was, I was talking about and also to revisit them because about them, I thought, oh, I wonder what it would be like now, uh, mm -hmm. especially some really old songs. So there are songs that I wrote when I was 19 on that album. So it really spans about 30 years of writing. And, uh, and then there were three new songs. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And if we go back to when you're talking about your music career and some of the artists that supported you, I have to say Sarah McLaughlin, uh, and you know, of course, Dido, that is mm -hmm. so cool, uh, Jan Arden, and uh, Daniel Lanois. And his name comes up so often with a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. uh, but he always seems to be, you know, like the producer end of it. Yeah. I only know him as uh, like working with you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Peter Gabriel, you yes, too, Willie Lou Harris. Yeah, he's in my mind, he's the greatest producer and one of the greatest musicians in the world for sure. Yeah, and I do write a story about him, about meeting him finally. Because <laughs> yeah. his music was so um, integral to the music that I ended up creating. So the fact that I actually got to meet him one day in such a cool, serendipitous way was so special. And he's still my friend, so it's great. <laughs> hey! Oh, and, yeah. and uh, I wanted to t ask you and talk about when you put your musical producer hat on, whole kind of, I guess, uh, musical uh, a production about mm -hmm. the Atlantic singer-songwriters. Yeah. And it was fantastic. I, I, I wish that maybe it would tour again. I would love to see it, but it, it sounded so interesting and, you know, the people that you mentioned and, and mm -hmm. of course you'd have to do this, right? Interview them and get to know them and everything like that. Definitely. What was that experience like for you? Well, it was incredible because it happened sort of by, in that I, I just, I was really lonesome for the East Coast. I was on living on the West Coast and I'm very, I was very close to my, and so I just started listening to East Coast music to make me feel at home. And then I started reading about the, the different songwriters because, you know, I grew up with Gene McClellan, who was one of Canada's greatest songwriters. He and my, and my stepdad were a duo, touring duo for almost 20 years. So I, I was very privy, great songwriting um, right there in front of me growing up. And, and I realized, you know, I, I really wanted to come back to singing at the time, but I needed inspiration. And so as I was reading about Rita McNeil and Ron Hines and Hank Snow and all of these East Coast songwriters, I realized like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm made of that stuff. I'm made <laughs> of salt air and, you know, sandstone. And, you know, like I, I this, is, this is where I come from and we're, we're strong people and I can find my way back. To my music. And so I wrote the show and it was a big hit and, uh, and it went on for three years and it was a really beautiful experience. Wow. Nature has always been important to you and mm -hmm. being in touch with nature. And you speak also too of 
being in tune with your soul. So meditation, Zen, mm -hmm. uh, all mm -hmm. of these things. Has that translated into, I don't want to say a new Terra, or maybe it's Terra 2.0, as opposed yeah. to, you know, the Terra that's in the book? Well, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, having children definitely sort of delineated my life before and my life after. <laughs> um, and rest with them of Salt Spring Island in British Columbia and raising them free range. <laughs> and then, yeah, finding my Zen practice, um, which really has helped me a lot. And it made me realize too that, you know, had things gone further um, when I was in, you know, the music machine, I don't think I would have been able to handle it you know, and it very well. And I don't think I did in a lot. I'm just so grateful for my practice and for meditation. And I, you know, I'm outside every day. I hike in the forest every day or walk <laughs> the shoreline every day. And it's, that is, you know, that's just, that's everything. And that keeps me centered. Well, yeah, I think that's the wish for a lot of people here. Let's talk about music now. And you mentioned that you're turning 50. Yeah. Uh, there still is a great imbalance in the music industry, in the music business, in a lot of things between male and female, although we have made some headway. If you look back at your career, yes, you know the mistakes that were made and what you would have done better. Looking at it now, and you say you have kids, if you had a daughter, would you be encouraging her to pursue music? I always tell my kids to follow their hearts. And it doesn't matter where it leads them because certainly it will lead them into some crazy places. Um, and, uh, but there I really know to be true when I look back at my life and I, and now that I can connect the dots because I have this memoir, I can see that that's what I always did. And that's what my mom taught me to do. So I tell that to my children, it's, you know, absolutely. And, and I teach them to shine and to be brave and to, you know, and to, to be kind you know, and, uh, and that if they can do those, if they can do those things, then anything is possible for them. Oh, wow. So the mm -hmm. album now, I guess when you hear it, do you see the, do you also think of the book or is it all intertwined together? It's absolutely all intertwined. Yeah. And, and my hope is that people will read the book and then do a bit of a, that's what I'm hearing, you know, especially people who don't know my music, they, they read the book and they say, oh, I want to hear more about what she's creating. And people who know my music read the story and all of a sudden they say, oh, that's what that song was about. I had no idea. So I'm really loving the intimate too. And if it ever becomes a movie, well, the soundtrack is already made. <laughs> and that was, that was my last thing is that this book, folks, reads like a movie. It, it doesn't read it all like a like a book should so there's so many different characters and of course my mind was percolating on who I would think that should play you but you know <laughs> who? who did we come up with well no no I, I don't want to say because actually there's should be it should be you that plays you that's, <laughs> that's an obvious right, I could play 40 right <laughs> <laughs> yes yes uh, but we are going to uh, wind up with another song and like you said these songs uh, are a reflection of the book so again this is a another special song i think for you tara and i thank you so much we're going to end it off with your song thank you so much for joining us T tara mclean song of the sparrow uh sparrow is the album you get two for one folks um yes. it's 
I think it's maybe the way you're going to see artists promoting themselves in the future. But oh, I not, sure hope so. not everybody's so. as talented as Tara. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, well, um, I think you're all in tune here. Um, so this song, this last song that I'm going to sing is one that I wrote. It's the last song that I wrote. Um, and it's about, it was during my separation from um, my hand. It was, you know, over the last couple of years when things were really quite dark at times. And I was having a really lonely moment. And the way that I was talking earlier, to reach for it um, in a very sad and scared moment, um, I reached for my guitar and the song came out. And, and in a way I realized it kind of encapsulates my highest understanding of, of how to move through pain. And, um, and so it's dark. And uh, so thank you so much for having me.
Thank you so much. That was Thank so you. That beautiful. Was so fun. Oh my God! Yes. Oh, um, I only wish that you could bring your book tour to Winnipeg, but hey. Well, I'm gonna have to come there at some point. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so please. Honestly, uh, it was just. Yeah. It tell was about Beth. getting a bookstore. Sorry. Oh yeah. No. So tell. Make sure you tell uh, Beth like if you're coming through, and okay. uh, so we can do something again. No, that'd be awesome. Okay, I yeah. absolutely will. Thank okay. you. That was a lovely conversation. And oh. I love that you read the book and had oh. so much insight. That was really special. No, no, the book is, is brilliant. So thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank you. Okay, enjoy your evening. Thank you. I will. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. <clears throat> um.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.